0: That lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hi, Anahata. Welcome to the podcast. I am so honored to have you and extremely excited for this conversation.
1: Kristen, it's my honor and pleasure. You and I jam on manifestation and on the bliss frequency, so this is going to be a lot of fun and grateful to have this connection.
0: Yes, absolutely. I know we just recorded an episode for your podcast, which was amazing. We went super deep on intuition, and um, I know that there's so much more to dive into on this episode, so I'm super excited, but first... Do you want to share a little bit about who you are and and the work that you do for people who don't already know who don't already know you
1: thank you uh anahata ananda and i run Shamanic healing based in sedona arizona and this is a passionate mission of mine to help people through the transformational process to heal the core wounds awaken the heart and really align with their mission, their purpose, so that they can really shine their passionate light and their mm-hmm. gifts and manifest their dream life. So uh, shamanic Healing uh, has, I've been, I've been acquiring for the last over 20 years, working with tens of thousands of clients with shamanic emotional release breath work, with spiritual awakening, um, with coaching and online courses and training to really help that process, whether that's retreats or virtual experiences. We've just been creating a suite of different experiences that meet people right where they are. And uh, I love, I love, love, love that I get to, you know, dive deep with people one-on-one or in a group setting, virtual or live to really support their healing and their transformation. And it's beautiful to have the privileges of holding people through healing their trauma or softening their heart or reclaiming and remembering who they are. It's just, it's just, you know, it's my purpose. This is why I'm here and it lights me up, absolutely.
0: That, I love it because when you're saying that it lights you up, I can literally see the light. Like I feel it when he said you're in your purpose, I got chills. Like, yes, you are. And the world needs this and it needs you. So I think it's incredible that you're stepping into this role. And I know that you mentioned trauma and we chatted a bit before about uh, diving into the topic of inner child healing. Um, and I know we talked about manifestation and as you and I both know, manifestation is way more than just trying to manifest using a vision board. Um, and for me, inner child healing has been a huge part of my healing and manifestation journey. So I'd love you to touch on what inner child means to you, like what it is and, and why you believe it's important.
1: Um, you know, I think we all have this little girl, little boy that had challenges and it and it looks different for everybody. This isn't about a comparing our trauma or our disappointments or our pain, because clearly there was for each of us in in different ways, a gap between what we wanted and what we got, um, feeling safe and seen and honored um, versus being oppressed or not feeling safe or being hurt or wounded or rejected or not allowed to express ourselves. And that, that process of conformity or oppression, or not allowing us each individually to be who we, we are because our our parents or whoever are the you know wh- whatever our family dynamic was it was what it was and and for everybody it wasn't always perfect i'm sure there was a lot of amazing things for all of us in our childhood and also um, some wounds or some disappointment some rejection some oppression and i think what happens is that we begin to take on the density of others, the beliefs of others, and we begin a process of oppressing our authenticity, oppressing our voice and oppressing or doubting our feelings and not really knowing how to do that. And so we kind of grow, you know, over time, numbing or shutting down, uh, you know, parts of ourselves just to survive. And it's okay. We've all done that because we didn't know how to process pain or rejection or, you know, a scary, angry parent or an unsafe environment or places where we didn't really feel that we could express our feelings without being shamed. And for some people, very, very, very deep trauma. And for some people, just not feeling safe to be ourselves. And so there becomes a self-abandonment for protection or just to be safe or to be included or to be loved. And then it goes into middle school where we abandon again to, to seek the approval and acceptance of peers, or to get, you know, to get somebody to like us, or we start to overcompensate by being really, um, you know, well, I'll be really good uh, in sports, I'll be really good in school, and then they'll like me, or we start rebelling and okay, well. Who cares? I'm going to get their attention by being self-destructive. I'm going to go into substance. I'm going to go into self-destructive patterns. And so this is a journey of going back to the original blueprint of ourselves before blank, before the oppression, before the judgment, before the social pressure, where we started to erode aspects of ourselves or protect parts of ourselves just to survive and get through. And so This is a journey back to those times to heal those parts of us and to reclaim those parts of us, because if we are truly going to be happy and manifest at a full level, we're going to need that inner child healed and brought back home. So they feel safe and heard and seen because they're a big part of manifesting joy, happiness, freedom, and safety in our adult life. And if we don't heal those wounds and bring the inner child home, to a safe space where we will now parent them instead of mom didn't advocate for me or dad was a bully then we get to take on the role of being the reparenter now and bring that loving compassionate healing energy of of sacred feminine and the courageous uh, protector and the safety of the divine masculine, we get, begin to learn those qualities for our adult life so that mm. we're not continuing in our adult life to give those away in our relationships or in our career, because if it, if we don't, you know, resolve it, if we don't evolve it, it repeats and gets louder. And the, and the mm. pain, you know, gets, gets more intense, like you and I, in our life have, have experienced. And I'm sure people yes. listening have also experienced uh
0: these things repeating absolutely the lessons repeat and repeat and repeat and they get more dramatic until you face them louder, and I think louder, that's, louder. yeah exactly and i think that's why i mean inner child healing at least in my experience can be um some of it can be uncomfortable because it, it means you have to face, in my experience, face a lot of pain um, that you've pushed away for a reason because it's too painful to look at. But what I was hearing you saying is that it seems like a lot of us have picked up belief systems or habits or even personality traits in our childhood um, as we are learning to appease or receive love from those around us. And those were like amplified in middle school and high school. And then we become adults who are now suddenly unconsciously being driven by these old habits and beliefs we learned in childhood. And that can uh, block us from attaining what we desire. And I realized this in my life, like all of my, all these things are blocking me. Like I would freak out when speaking in front of an audience and I would, you know, turn bright red. And it was like this trigger from when I was five years old an experience I had in school. And so um, I'm curious for for people who feel like they have repeating patterns. um, What is the process of understanding? Is this, something from childhood how do i even go about this healing process or or meeting my inner child or what is that, what does that process look like for people
1: who are brand new um you know i think emotional emotions leave clues emotional mm. intensity leaves clues in fact i did a podcast on that and i uh, you know i recommend listening to that and and in, in short it's like pay attention to the chaos in your life because There's communication. There's a clue there about what is a repeating pattern? What is a core wound? What is something that's out of alignment? Where am I playing small? Where am I giving away my power? Where am I not setting a boundary? Where is there self-worth issues or insecurity where I'm reaching outside of myself for validation? Where am I numbing? So I would go and compassionately, this is where we get to leave the inner critic and the bully at the door. And we get to bring in the divine feminine, you know, to have a safe space to feel the feels. So if there is rage and, you know, when I started my healing journey and I started turning to shamanism to kind of help me like excavate some of the demons that were working in there that I didn't quite understand because I had oppressed a lot of anger about trauma that did where I didn't feel safe. It didn't feel right. I was angry and resentful and everybody was putting it under the carpet. And so for me, what was the natural vibration that I was stuffing and avoiding and, you know, putting on a smiley face and pretending like it wasn't happening um, turned to a lot of rage. There was rage that I was trying to subdue with alcohol and sugar and shopping and so if you look at the chaos, there's some addictive patterns there, eating sugar, alcohol to like numb and shock just to feel okay. And, uh, you know, when I started my shamanic journey, uh, and when, it, when my healers from over two decades ago started excavating what was really in there and the first thing Kristen, that came up was rage. And there was a safe space without judgment to let it out. And I mean, like, dragon lady got unleashed. And I was like, because nice girls aren't supposed to yell and Mm -hmm. scream. And you're not supposed to raise your voice. And you're not supposed to talk back. So there was also the social programming that not only was stuffing my emotions, but it was also silencing my voice. And so, henceforth, thyroid issues. You know, so and immune issues um, and eating, you know, problems with the gut where you're oppressing the emotions. So, if you look at the chaos in your life, whether that's health chaos, financial chaos, emotional chaos, addiction chaos, um, you're going to find something underneath that. If you're willing to just say, what is this really about? And stop the pattern of running, hiding blaming, sedating, ignoring, or distracting. Just pause, put a pause on that and just say, what if I actually looked at this? And you might need support. That's, so that's one, of the, that's one of the things that I do is kind of help people, you know, look at those things because I needed help when I was going through it because I couldn't see it. You know, it's in our blind spot a lot of times, but just, you know, grabbing a journal and saying, giving permission, what am I really feeling? And if you need to grab a black crayon and ah uh, you know, right, you know, like this is rage and this is what it this is I just uh, like okay, give permission or I'm sad. I'm sad this person left me. I'm sad the relationship is over. I I'm sad I was abandoned by my mother. I've sad that this person betrayed me and it's like, okay, give permission to have the tears. And so, holding space, giving permission for the fiery emotions without judgments and giving permission for the watery emotions, because those are natural human experiences that are a consequence of pain or wounding or loss. And so if we release the judgment that it's bad, that it means I'm a baby or it's weak, and we actually recognize that giving space to the healthy processing of emotions Then we can go look underneath the emotions and ask our inner child, what do you need? What are you feeling? Why are you afraid? What do you want? What would make you feel more safe? What doesn't feel okay? What what do you need to feel loved, seen, supported and safe? And I love that question because it might be, I need people around me I can trust. It might be, I need space to heal. It might need, I need to be in an environment where there isn't um, violence or sex or, or uh, addiction or alcohol And, and like simple things. I might need to feel those things. And those are clues for our adult life because we might be saying, gosh, am I letting people into my life that are abusive? Am I, in a relationship with, you know, with, where my boss is, is a bully and I don't feel emotionally safe because my boss is a jerk. And we start to recognize that that inner child has an intelligence about what is okay and what is not okay. And then as adults, we get to reparent the child and say, okay, if you need safety, I might put up a little gate here that is more discerning about who we're in relationship with or, what substances we take into our body or what kind of business relationships we allow and if they're not respectful we express ourselves or we or we leave and and learning learning how to have those tools as an adult this is the whole personal development journey is most of us need tools about clear boundaries or discernment or trusting our intuition that we probably were not raised with. In fact, we were probably raised with things that oppressed those those skills mm-hmm. or we learned something else, self-abandonment to please other people. And so on the on the, on the tail end of that, we're gonna be on this personal development journey of learning how to express ourselves, how to process our emotions and how to follow our intuition to create more safety, more passion, And more alignment in our lives, and our inner child is a big part of our uh, on our counsel there.
0: Mm. And I love that you brought up the question about checking on on your inner child, what they need to feel loved, to feel safe. Because that just that piece of wisdom, everyone listening, like that can save you years and years of struggle. I wish I knew that because looking back on my life, you know, all of my old toxic habits, you know, drinking way too much. Um, turning to sex to avoid my emotions, things like that. It was really my inner child was desiring to feel love. She wanted attention and I was seeking it in other ways, unconsciously, not realizing that she wanted it from me. And if I had just asked her that question, Hey, what do you need? Oh, you want some love, some attention? I'll give it to you. Um, It could have saved me so much time um, struggling Uh, and you know, I think that that's a big part that most people don't realize is a lot of our, our habits or things that we're trying to undo, even procrastination that can be tied to your inner child needing something. Those needs can only be met internally. Um, or I guess is my personal belief. Do you find that that's true?
1: Yeah. I think that if they're met internally. If, there's, if we're listening to what we need and we're not always expecting that need to be met outside of ourselves and we're more discerning about who is capable of meeting this need. So if, I ask, if we ask the inner child, um, what do you need? And it may be love. And if we aren't bringing forward the divine masculine to be discerning about what quality of love and is this person that you're seeking love from capable of bringing that love to you? Or are they so inundated with their own traumas that they're stuck in addiction patterns and projection patterns and narcissism or, and abandonment issues for themselves that they're not capable of entering your space safely without harming you emotionally or energetic. So this is where I think the divine masculine comes in to help put a boundary there of discernment so that the inner child Consents is you know, and the divine feminine consents. Is this aligned? Is this a yes or a no? And if it's no, we need to have that parent, the masculine, the father, to say no. Have some structure and boundaries that protects us, because frankly, not everybody will um, be capable. Of, of loving us. Not everybody will be capable of being honest. Not everybody is capable in business of being ethical and not lying, you know? And so this is where the quality of discernment, discernment, and structure and integrity and safety, which is really more leaning into our divine masculine to, to support us with those boundaries. And the courage to say no, even if our little inner child, but is I want to be in relationship with them, they're super cute, and I want it now. It's like, okay, we get to be the parent in that space, and that's why it's called reparenting, is that we don't want the 16-year-old just going after whatever is the immediate desire without you know, without the parent looking at what's the consequences. Cause no, we're not having soda for breakfast and we're not staying up until midnight and you can't just go outside and play with anybody. You, We want to make sure that you're safe. Not everybody is capable of treating you with safety and respect. And the little child doesn't know that but the adult is more savvy. The inner child is naive and we want someone with maturity, with life experience and with awareness to be helping us make those decisions. So the inner child can help us, you know, identify what needs are there and desires are there. Then the adults, the feminine and the masculine, the mom, dad within us start determining, well, what is in alignment for you with that? And there might be some no's and yeses, and we get to have, but I wanted it now and I wanted it with that person. And it's like, I know, honey, but that's an addict that is um, you know, not capable at this point of bringing you the love that you need, you know? Mm. And so it, that's, 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 that's a red flag. We're gonna red flag that and say, okay, this isn't gonna keep you safe. And yeah. we have the right to be sad about that. We get to have the right to arm but I wanted it to be differently. And it's like, yes, you have the right to feel that you wish this person was capable of loving you in that way and it's okay to have the feelings about it and we're still going to keep that little boundary there to protect and honor you in ways in which the little inner child doesn't know that so needs needs some protection and the inner child also wants to play and i think as adults we can get too wrapped up in you know business and 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 adulting that we forget to play and that's sometimes the reasons behind the addiction patterns because there isn't joy and play in our life. And the inner child might be like, when was the last time you took a vacation? When was the last time you laughed? And this is why it's important to have their opinion because frankly, they're right sometimes that, wow, I've just been taking life too seriously or I've been hustling or pushing too long and and the inner child's like needing some fun and, and joy. And so that's where we want to lean into their opinion. Yes. So
0: what I'm hearing is we need to tune into an inner child to understand what their needs are but instead of directly fulfilling all of their needs and having soda for breakfast or dating the abusive <laughs> partner, we need to also tune into the um, way you described, I think you said the divine masculine mother, or no, sorry, divine masculine father, divine feminine mother within us. And I think that's amazing. I've never heard it described like that. I would love for you to expand a little bit more on what that means that uh, divine yeah. feminine mother and father within us.
1: Yeah, because however we were raised, it's highly likely because, you know, we're a species that's evolving. We don't have all the answers in our bloodline, in, uh, in our upbringing. It's highly likely there was some unconscious parenting, highly likely that some residue from the way our parents and our grandparents were raised that passed on to us. And it's like, okay, let's just be honest about that. There may have, for some of us, most of us, um, been some gaps or residue that we took on unconsciously um, from, from our parents' vibrations and from their choices. And this is where we get to evolve. Now, if we're participating in evolution, Kristen, which is optional, we don't have to participate in evolution. But if we choose that, because we do have will, if we choose to participate in evolution, then we are responsible to evolve and improve what was passed to us. Some things were passed to us that have been fantastic, maybe family values, maybe hard work, um, maybe loyalty, whatever it whatever it was that was passed to you that is positive. Great. Keep that. And let's look, let's just take mother for a second or the women in your bloodline or the women that you were raised with and even the feminine aspect in father that is saying, did I get. Where can I bring forward more for myself, even if I didn't receive it? Compassion, tenderness, nurturing, patience, being listened to, um, freedom, playfulness, passion, and um, faith, peace, peace forgiveness, all of these qualities that are more the divine feminine in mother or father, because each of us have feminine and masculine qualities. Some of them may be oppressed or distorted or in the toxic feminine or in the toxic masculine. And so this is our opportunity to say, wow, let me trade out impatience for patience. Let me trade out judgment for compassion. Let me trade out oppressing my feelings for nurturing the wounds let me trade out being drama and victim to like healing and rising above and being victorious and so um we're learning in the personal development journey in the spiritual awakening journey how to evolve the toxic feminine qualities and shift those into more the conscious you know the toxic feminine to the divine feminine and you know what We will also give 20% off to everybody on balancing the feminine and masculine course, because there's a Mm -hmm. course I have for that. And I think it fits nicely here and clear boundaries also. So we'll give, we'll give your tribe, you know, 20% off on both of those courses, because I think they're kind of essential tools that I wish I would have had that are just so powerful to um, evolve, to identify those unconscious toxic patterns in our feminine and masculine. And so we're learning how to be more gentle and compassionate and nurturing mm. and patient, 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 uh, you know, patient and forgiving and also listening and receptive to that intuition. Very, very powerful gift of the divine feminine, because you know what? We know the feminine in men and women knows when something doesn't quite feel right. Whether we listen or not is a, a separate issue. Um, but like really leaning into that divine feminine quality of the intuition of you know what i just had a breakup it's not time for me to date again and listening to that intuition that i need to heal i need to be inward or oh my gosh this is a hell yes i've got to move forward the time is right now the feminine is going to be our gps she's going to tell us when to go stop turn left or right and you know, we'll need that in our dating life, in our health, when a body is needing, you know, some change or a break from a toxic substance or a cleanse or needs healing of some kind. So that's more the divine feminine. Then we shift over to the divine masculine, and we're looking at where we can identify those patterns of the toxic masculine, the bully, the oppressor, Arrogance, control, manipulation, a lot of addiction, a lot of narcissism, a lot of I win, you lose, and looking to evolve some of those patterns. And where might that be happening in me, in my life, in my relationships, in how I speak to myself or others that are creating some of that chaos that we talked about? Um, and shifting that into evolving that into as we outgrow those unconscious patterns that we likely were raised with, that were modeled, that likely got socially reinforced that says, hey, when you bully, when you oppress, you get ahead. You know, so we get to recognize that we may be dissolving some patterns that have been in there for decades and socially reinforced. So it's going to take more than a minute and a little visualization to change patterns that have been defining us for decades and toxic ways of being that are deeply entrenched in, oh, if you're going to do that to me, then I'm going to do it back. Um, You know, that kind of thing. Or I have to hurt you first because I'm afraid that you're going to hurt me. So that's kind of more the toxic masculine and, oh, the divine masculine. He is just so beautiful, safe. This is in men and women, that divine masculine that is genuine, that is an advocate for what is right and what is just, there is integrity. There is honesty. There is humility. There is cooperation for a win, win, win. Let's work together. Let's help each other out. Let's do the right thing. There is courage because he's going to be the one setting a boundary or moving into new territory where we might have to have the courage to leave a relationship or, say no to something that isn't working anymore or have the courage to let go and get some help with uh, letting go of a substance or a pattern that we've been addicted to for a while. And you know, so he's gonna be resilient because he's gonna fall, he's gonna make mistakes. He's in new territory, he's never done this before. So he doesn't expect perfection and he's willing to ask for help, learn from his mistakes, and get back up again and and try it again he's not going to give up and so this is where we want to have that resilience when we fall that we learn from it and we don't bully ourselves but we get back up and try again and i think that that's that's the divine masculine okay i it made a mistake there there's an accountability kristen that isn't blaming somebody else because that's the toxic masculine. Oh, it's not my fault. It was their fault. And, you know, being around the the conscious masculine, there's so much integrity and safety and justness. You just want to, you can just drop in and you know, he's going to hold you. And we want our little inner child to be able to feel that we can trust the more mature parts of ourselves to nurture us in the feminine and also protect us and, and move us in the direction of what is aligned for our soul. And Mm. and the divine masculine can't do that without the guidance of the divine feminine. The divine feminine can't do that without the courageous action of the divine masculine. And so that partnership inside us is masterful. That partnership is going to be what it, is required that sacred union of our own feminine and masculine and the the more evolved conscious aspects of the feminine and masculine that when that's integrated deeply rooted into our heart it's we're unstoppable we're unstoppable like that is the magical you know uh formula that magical alchemy for really creating an embodied thriving life
0: yeah i felt that deeply when you were Describing the divine feminine, divine masculine. I got chills over my entire body <laughs> and just felt like you're describing the safety. I was like feeling what you're describing in my body. Um, yeah, and you know, from what it sounds like you're describing, um, you know, inner child healing is more than just focusing on the inner child and their needs, yeah. but really it's just focus on cultivating the divine feminine, divine masculine energy or parents that maybe your inner child didn't have in childhood. And then reparenting from that standpoint. So it's, it seems like you can't even really focus on or discuss inner child healing without looking at the divine masculine, divine feminine. Is that correct?
1: I think that what happens in order to reparent those parts of ourselves, we're going to see the reflection in the mirror of some of those unhealthy patterns. And if those unhealthy patterns are reparenting ourselves, are are parenting ourselves, that's where we don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And that's where without that following the intuition and the discernment of the masculine, we continue to put ourselves in patterns where we feel unsafe because we're not connected. We've abandoned that that responsibility of listening to and protecting our inner child. So we continue to put that version of ourselves in unhealthy relationships, in in abusive, disrespectful careers where we don't feel worthy or where there's like a family member or a friend that doesn't have clear boundaries that's berating us. And we allow it because we haven't healed it and looked at what pattern have I not evolved? Where is the wounded inner child making decisions for safety? Where is the parts of me that want it now that is not listening to, is this the right time? Is this the right person? Is this the right environment? And so this is where when those parts of us are not evolved, our inner child just gets more wounded and wounded and wounded and wounded and wounded. And you've experienced that. I've experienced it, that everybody listening has experienced that or is going through that right now. And that's because we haven't evolved those those unhealthy patterns, the toxic patterns that are not creating safety in our lives. And Mm -hmm. that's our responsibility because we can sit here and pout not that you and I have ever done that. Um, you know, this, I did that for a <laughs> never whole never two decades of my life. Well, it's not fair and I don't like them. So I'm gonna close my heart and I'm just gonna drink a lot and I'll show you, I'll sleep around and I'll eat a lot and I'll just show you because I'm angry and I'm mad at you. And I was like, who is that really serving? And is that a solution? <laughs> you know, and from that place where the inner child is making decisions then we're gonna have chaos in our life, 100%. And so that's why I say, follow the clues of the chaos because that's gonna show you where a toxic pattern is making the decisions. Mm. And and it's like, wow, okay, I need to have more courage. I need to have more discernment. I need to go heal this. And that's where we begin to evolve because the personal development journey, Kristen is gonna be showing us a mirror right in our face if we're now ready to look at it. What am I doing that is creating this pattern? What am I doing or not doing where this keeps repeating so that we can start to, without judgment, look at the core wound and why am I doing this? Because I feel insecure, because I'm lonely. And so it's like, okay, how can I heal the wounds and then start to evolve and mature so that we have a more conscious version of ourselves making decisions about our career, our health, our our relationships, our passions and our dreams. And we're not having a wounded, uh, toxic, unconscious version of ourselves making those decisions because then it's no longer about our parents because we're adults. So we might not have had that tool or know how to deal with that at six or 12 or 18, but you know what? Now we're adults and that excuse doesn't play anymore. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of pursuit of bliss, then you are already on your journey of accountability to evolve these things. You're already on your personal development journey to take accountability, to look for your, to look at your part and to have the courage and the compassion, feminine and masculine to look in the mirror and say, okay, do I want to keep repeating this pattern? And what could I do differently? Because this pattern is going to keep repeating, as you said, getting louder and more painful unless I make a different choice, unless I evolve this pattern. And uh, that's the that's the personal development journey. It's ongoing. We're going to find our blind spots and our weaknesses and the cracks in our foundation as we go. And the chaos will show them where show you where they are. So if we On the personal development journey we begin to look at all of our life experiences at classroom that our soul our higher self our inner child our spiritual counsel is trying to show us where there's something not in alignment something that's unconscious some pattern some belief or some wound that hasn't been tended to that is asking for attention healing, a different tool, you know, because sometimes in relationships, I know when, you know, what the communication that I learned growing up is either get angry, blame and throw a tantrum and be really loud or stuff it and be quiet. So it's either lion or mouse. And so in my adult relationships, I learned either lion or mouse. Like I didn't know that there was a middle ground of communication where I don't have to get angry, or I don't have to go hide. There is a way, and it was a tool of learning conscious communication. And I had to learn that tool, I was not raised with it. I was modeled the other two extremes. And for some reason, Kristen, those two options didn't bode well in my marriage. And so in the awakening journey, we're also going to be learning new tools learning new practices, like a lot of what you teach, like a lot of what I teach are are things that we weren't necessarily raised with. And we might need to learn clear boundaries. We might need to learn how to trust our intuition, how to shift limiting beliefs, how to have clear conscious communication, how to process our emotions, because these are probably things that we were not raised with. So on the personal development journey, there's also gonna be a lot of learning and growing And falling back into old patterns and then forgiving and then resilience, getting back up again and trying it again, being curious and humble, like the divine masculine, what is this showing me? What can I learn from it? Let me heal and be compassionate and then get back up again. And this is how we grow in life.
0: I I love all of that and the courage and compassion, I think is huge because I You know, when people say they want to change their lives and they, and this was me for a long time, I said over and over, I want to to change my life. I want to change my life. And I was looking for a quick fix and I tried manifestation. I made all the lists and I made the vision boards and nothing changed for like five years. And it was because I wasn't willing to get uncomfortable and look at these parts of myself that you're describing right now that were mirrored in my reality. And so it took me, my life pushing me into enough pain But I finally was like, okay, the pain of this journey, because it can be very triggering, is worth it for me if I can leave the pain of where I am now, because it was so strong. And I think that does take a lot of courage and a lot of compassion to embark on that journey. And for me, it was a big unlearning journey. It was like, I always thought, this is just who I am. It's my personality Right? Like, yeah, like, I think you mentioned this before, like, I'm the good girl. I always got good grades. I worked really hard to achieve. And that was always who I was. And I had to unlearn these patterns and realize like, I am none of those things. Um, and I can be any of the things that I want. And the patterns that I'm stuck in, it's not me. Um, it's just, what I learned when I was really, really young, and I had to unlearn them as well.
1: <laughs> right? Because we can be like, oh, I'm the good girl, mm-hmm. or I'm the successful one. But let's look at what's the pattern underneath that is I'm not enough, I'm overcompensating to get the external value and worth. And then when I go to the next level of my dream life, I will still have that perfection icon that I have to be perfect, I have to be, I have to get A's, I have to be successful in order to feel okay with myself. And that doesn't allow to get messy in the entrepreneurial game. It doesn't allow mistakes to happen. And so then we can be trapped by perfectionism and being the good girl all the time which means that if i'm the good girl then i don't disappoint people uh-oh now i'm in a trap because if i get judged by my peer group if haters come out because i'm i'm being authentic or i'm being me that's in conflict with being the good girl and so you know it's absolutely i love that you mentioned this a journey of unlearning so that we can relearn things that are in alignment that are in alignment with our soul truth that are not anchored because a part of that can be positive yes i'm achieving and i'm 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 disciplined and i'm capable and i'm successful and that's that's a positive aspect we just want the motivation to be clean so that that way you don't arrive successful in a part of your life but it's a hollow victory because it's not your summit or I did this for everybody else. So the victory is theirs, but I feel empty because this was not my summit. This was not my dream. And that unlearning and the dismantling takes more than a minute, you know, because the patterns in that way of operating, overcompensating or blaming or being the victim or being the pleaser or the accommodator. Ooh, I had to break that pattern. And it was so liberating, but it was so deeply entrenched of being the good girl. And that's part of the clear boundaries course where it's like, all right, let's have a clear line between your, you and them, because it's just too enmeshed, you know, and a lot of codependent relationships happen where our identity is sourced by the beliefs, the validation, the opinions of other people, which as as, as we grow and grow that, that, uh, that scaffolding uh, will begin to feel like a prison that's choking us that doesn't allow us to be really truly who we are because we're so deeply entrenched in those external opinions or external validation um, connecting to our self-worth. So there's going to be a, a liberation of that and a reclamation of that, which is very freeing. And having some tools, having support, a coach, a resource, a program, like what, what both of us are doing, to kind of help you navigate that uncharted territory so that you have the tools of being authentic and standing in your truth. Even if your loved ones are freaking out, your partner is doubting you, your best friend thinks you're nuts and like knowing how to to have the tools to hold yourself center in the presence of a lot of that external challenge, but there is internal resolve. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, one of the biggest things I learned because you mentioned, you know, people leaving your life or being a people pleaser, the good girl. That was my (laughs) entire story. I fully identified for 25 years of my life with being the good girl uh, who everyone liked. And it's been, I'm still unlearning it. you know, it still comes up. It's a journey of unlearning, but I had to learn that it's not my job to regulate, the emotions of people around me or to save them from their own pain. And that was a really difficult one for me to learn. And I actually didn't even realize that the way I was living my life, you know, wasn't the way that everyone should be living their life. And was, you know, I thought it was the best way. I grew up believing that putting others, other people's well being and emotional stability above mine was the best way. <laughs> so- oh, it's,
1: it's such a deep, mm-hmm. that's such a deep, um, if I'm acing it, great. And if I'm not, there's something I'm not doing well or not in alignment or I'm not, I'm not looking at. And the same thing goes with them. When we talk about clear boundaries, it's like they are in their classroom. If they have chaos, if they have financial trouble, if they have addiction patterns or relationship drama that keeps repeating, they're in their classroom. And most of the times I would, you know, self uh, nominate (laughs) to go in and fix their problems Uh, let's see without consent okay you know what you need to do is or i would even say you know what we need to do is but it's not mine to fix that doesn't mean i don't care about my relatives or my loved ones but like pulling myself out of their their choices because i don't have control over their choices whether they are continuing the patterns, whether they wake up, whether their accountability, whether they stay in it or not, isn't up to me and learning how to have that awareness that they are in their classroom. And if I keep you know rescuing, then I'm getting in the way of them learning the lesson of that experience. That doesn't mean that my compassion isn't there. And I think that there's a lot of you know, disconnect there because we think that, oh, if I'm not fixing them, then my heart is cold. And it's the exact opposite is that holding space for allowing them to experience what their experience, having compassion for it, but not feeling responsible for it um, is a bit was a big cha- game changer so that I could keep my heart open because I wasn't resentful. Hey, we made this plan that you were going to quit alcohol. Hey, we made this plan that you were going to break up with that person and you didn't. And I realized because I wasn't having control over the choices that I was experiencing resentment and judgment for them not changing it. And you know what? It's not my choice. And so I had to, a lot of the clear boundaries that I was learning was how to get back in my lane so that I could keep my compassion there instead of my judgment and re, my resentment and control and manipulation. Even though it came from a good place, the execution was definitely coming from a codependent place. Right. Um, and I've seen that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've seen that in my own life,
0: me trying to fix people. And for me, a lot of it came from my fear of growing and leaving the people I love behind. And I really wanted them to grow with me and experience like all of these like higher levels of joy I was experiencing. And so in the beginning, I tried to like pull them over to this side with me. And you know, you know, read take this course. I just took it, changed my life. Like, you know, learn from this coach and Obviously, it didn't work. It just, like you said, (laughs) created resentment and judgment. But what did work looking back was me, like you said, staying in my own lane and leading by example, like holding space and allowing them to watch as my life shifted. And slowly I watched those people one by one come to me for support rather than me trying to change them. It was like the opposite (laughs) when I had no need to change them and I accepted and loved them exactly as they were. That they did change. <laughs> right.
1: And they may not. And also, mm-hmm. we get to be in that acceptance space, yeah. and you get to grieve and you get to have your sadness or your frustration or your disappointment about, wow, they may not ever stop that addiction with that substance. And to be able to have compassion and unconditional love, regardless, that they are worthy of love if they're not ready to make a change. Look, you and I, and many people listening, have have not been ready to make a change yet, not been ready to break up with an unhealthy relationship, not been ready to leave a substance behind. And there was this incubation period with me and alcohol where we were just in a in an abusive relationship together. And I didn't get it for a long time. I didn't get it for a long time. And then finally I got to the point I'm like, OK, for me, this is a poison. I like it just does not work with my body. But I really stayed with that relationship. a long time and if anybody had tried to break us up my relationship with alcohol and my grip on my last drink if anyone had tried to get in the way of that even with good intentions i would have held on tighter and if we're not ready we're not ready and that doesn't mean we're all going to wake up to every part of our unconsciousness in this lifetime we also get to give grace and compassion for if a loved one or ourselves are doing the best they can that this isn't the end, this life, and they may not get it in this lifetime, but they have time, their soul has time to heal that wound or make a different choice because I was also having the attachment of the urgency of, no, dad, you have to get this before your last breath. And that created a lot of, you know, that was my agenda, imposing will onto his timeline, which wasn't very loving, which wasn't, it also wasn't asked for. And all it did was create like my judgment, dumping my judgment, even though it was coming from a great place in my heart as I cared about him, my judgment and my timeline and my opinion about how and when his soul should learn this lesson was absolutely inappropriate instead of just loving him. And that was a big transition to just love him, whether he sobers up, whether he forgives, whether he changes, whether he doesn't. To just love him where he was. And that created a lot more beauty in our relationship during those last years um, because there was an acceptance that he may not change. And that is also okay. That doesn't mean I love him any less. And that stretched me a lot. And I realized, wow, I am crossing a boundary here into his world with in the guise of love. But it was manipulation it was agenda it was my own fears that i was projecting and control because i wanted his life to go differently which is about me not about him mm. and so i got to process my own feelings about the gap between where i wanted him to be or a partner or a sibling with addiction or a lover with their you know with their process and realize that wow i need to pull my agenda back here and one of my teachers, as I was, you know, trying to wake everybody up without consent, um, <laughs> you know, um, he said, you know, one of my teachers, cause I was so frustrated that people weren't waking up yeah. and may everybody needs to know this. And he sat back and he kind of just massaged his chin a little bit, looking off into the distance. He says, well, Anahata, what an interesting use of your energy to hammer open a nut that is closed. You know, when there's others that are asking that are ready, like you said, people are coming to you and clients come to me, tens of thousands of clients come to me and they're asking and they're ready. And he goes, oh, that's the seed that is hungry. What if you redirected the energy of the hammer and you put it down and you were just open and you respected that that the nut is not open yet. And that it has its own timing and it will open if you trust that every seed will open in the right environment, in the right timing. And this is about respect of of somebody else's process and journey, even if we don't like it, even if it's uncomfortable to watch, we respect their timing. And he said, and what if you gave all your attention, your awareness into those that were actually open and hungry and receptive to learn, to grow, to transform uh, I wonder how that would, how that seed would sprout if, if it was honored and you gave into the ones that were ready and you just put down the hammer forever. And he just sat there and he said, like, I wonder what that would do. And it was just really powerful and very humbling and of like, wow, transformation of another is not going to happen with a hammer.
0: Yeah. that That's beautiful. I, it made me like teary-eyed because thinking about all the times I've tried to do the same thing <laughs> in my life. And when you were speaking of, um, you know, how it, you know, maybe not in this lifetime. And because I've had that same thing, I was like, oh, I need this to shift. I need us to have this kind of relationship now before this experience is over. But, you know, that's always me being in, in my ego and my like human experience, not realizing that this is an eternal experience. And this experience with this particular soul isn't over just because this is how it is in this lifetime. I always tell myself when I get that, like attachment to changing someone is, um, this isn't our soul's last experience together. It's just this one. And I love how you say it's their classroom. Um, I'm going to start reminding myself of that. I love that it's their classroom. And, um, I do believe that when we're really trying to hammer change someone, it's always about us.
1: (laughs) It's never the inner child that wants it different. Mm -hmm. That's the inner child that wants it now, that wants this person to play with them in a certain way as a little kid, you know, no, I want to play this game and I want to play it now. And we're not capable of considering their needs and wants our, our frontal cortex is not developed enough to consider someone outside of ourselves. We just have our needs and our wants. And that's the inner child. No, I want my dad. I want my lover. I want, I want it to be like this. And we have the right have the inner child throw the tantrum and it still is what it is Mm -hmm. and that's a level of acceptance where the divine feminine is like okay but this isn't happening today or this is not aligned for them and it's okay and it's okay and um yeah so so that's where that guided visualization i hope that helps people to just go listen to that and let the journey guide you into connection with your inner child and and listen and hold space as the mother that you wanted when you were going through the challenges, hold space Mm. as the father that you wanted to bring acceptance and encouragement and inspiration instead of oppression or judgment or whatever the story is there is to just be those versions that you needed to hear so that that inner child can can really play again and also feel that they can trust you to listen to them and support them and make decisions that make them feel safe and also free to create and play because that's that's where our joy is going to come from. Yes, and I
0: highly encourage everyone listening or watching this to download that visualization. It's the link is in the show notes. Um, I am gonna do it immediately as well. (laughs) And I really want to ask you. This is the um, I ask everyone this at the end of the podcast. I'd love to know if you had a past version of yourself, um, maybe a version of yourself who was at a rock bottom or feeling lost in your life. If they were sitting in front of you right now, what would you tell them or what advice would you give them?
1: Oh, you're making me cry. (laughs) You know, I think one of my rock bottoms was when I was going through my, what I call marital liberation. And I had twins that were three years old. And um, I would tell that version of me, this is the right choice. You're on your soul path. Trust it. Follow your heart now and never give that voice up again. You're gonna get through this. This is the right choice for you. It's the right choice for the children. This is your time. And you will attract the people around you that you need to help you get back up, to help you rebuild, to help you remember who you are. You are sprouting new wings. It will bring you great joy. And you are on your soul path now. And I know it looks dark and scary and unfamiliar, but you got this and you're going to create magic and you're going to help thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people through this process as well. And you're going to change lives for the better. So it's what you came here to do. It's your time to shine. So always follow that.
0: Uh. I felt that so deeply <laughs> it was making me emotional. And I know that there are people listening to this who needed to hear those exact words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that and thank you for everything you've shared in the past hour. That was incredible. So much gold in there. I, I Amazing. People yes. are going to need to listen to this multiple times.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And when tears come like they have for both of us during this journey, like I call it holy water. And so when tears mm-hmm. come, when, tears pour out of your eyes, whether it's tears of joy, tears of truth, tears of sadness, tears of clarity. Like I always just anoint my body with those. of just oh, like, oh, may beautiful. this heal a thing. May it help me to see the truth. May it clear things out of the way. And, and yes, go, you know, when you get the free gift link, that will also give you a, a coupon for the clear boundaries course, which I think is essential. Like mm, that's, yes. you know, personal empowerment, 101, clear boundaries. And then this concept of balancing the feminine and masculine. So, go get those discounts. They're tools that are going to help you, I'm sure. And um, and we have that podcast that you're on. So, yes, um, we jammed on all like amazing. You were so you brought so much wonderful insight. <laughs> so go listen to that shamanic healing podcast with with Kristen because you just had so much wisdom. It was just flowing out of out of us both. Like amazing insights about, about yes. that. So go listen to that. And yes, we'll and, link uh,
0: that one below as well. Yeah. That <laughs> was so much fun. If you love this episode, if it resonated with you, definitely go listen to that one. We dove deep into intuition and uh, check out the rest of our podcast as well. I was just going to ask you to share your podcast, your Instagram handle, where can okay. people
1: connect with you? Yes. Yes. I want to acknowledge that if you're still listening, you're our people. So we just want <laughs> yes. to like, Yay for you for, I just, I really just want to acknowledge the commitment that you've made for your personal development just by listening to this podcast all the way through. Like, so can I just want to acknowledge you for that. Um, That's how you do it. That's how you transform. Um, So you can find me at shamangelichealing.com. I'm based here in Sedona private healing sessions, private retreats, group retreats. We have a women's soul awakening retreat in September, a goddess awakening retreat in October, sacred feminine virtual courses, all the things, virtual breathwork. So go check out the website. You can find me on the gram at Anahata Ananda. And uh, yes, the podcast. So go find me there. Tag us both um, when you hear this podcast and and share it, let us know your favorite pearl from today's journey. And um, you can follow uh, and subscribe to my podcast, the Shamanic Healing Podcast. So uh, Kristen, thank you for following your intuition and following your joy and like liberating your voice and your light so that people can hear conversations like this and the programs that you offer, I just want to acknowledge and thank you for everything that you're doing to help people with their transformational empowerment journey.
0: Thank you. I deeply appreciate that. And thank you for being here and sharing so openly and vulnerably. And um, it was truly an honor to have you.
1: Thank you. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings, everybody. We'll stay connected.